0: Coming to you live from the studio. Northeast or Southeast Albuquerque? We don't know directions. We just know it's east. I'm Rox. I'm Danny. And I'm Annie. First topic of discussion tonight.
1: Spirits. So to just give you a little bit of context um, of where we're coming from, um, Rox is a Chicano that was raised in the Christian religion. And...
2: um, I'm Native American.
1: (laughs) Danny here is... Native American, um, he is uh, specifically Navajo with some possible connections to skin walking, we don't know, we'll find out to tonight. But
0: weren't you raised in Christian religion?
1: Yes, but also raised with the Christian religion. Boom. And then I'm from the Dominican Republic and I was um, raised in the Yoruba religion, and so, um, voodoo
2: for those that don't, understand. yeah. And I was gonna say furthermore, on the-
1: Rocky and I are currently studying with a shaman. Uh, and learning the way of the shaman so we're also um, more affiliated with um, spiritual uh, healing and spiritual work at this time so let's talk about some spirits Start Danny, off. why don't you oh I started off. yeah you go ahead. okay so in my culture there's not a lot of difference between those who are alive and those who are dead um, we are all all have a spirit all have a soul and the spirits of our ancestors remain with us and we can sometimes commute with them um, so God's spirits for us can be good can be bad um but um, mostly they are part of our every, everyday life
2: yeah
1: <clears throat> what about you how do you see spirits
2: with my eyes
1: <laughs> <laughs> you see spirit you I,
2: see dead people i see the, i got it. i see dead people <laughs> Um, I guess as a kid, uh, how can we expand? You were touched by a ghost. I was touched by a ghost.
1: Where did he touch you?
0: Don't worry about it. I know ghosts, the one from 4th uh, Street, right? Yeah,
2: <laughs> no, so is that
1: his name, Ghost? Don't worry, was that me. his street name?
2: <laughs> Little ghost. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Touched by ghosts <laughs> today. No so ghost. co- coming allegedly. back to you from the studio. <laughs> Last uh, just to catch you up, Daddy was touched by a ghost
2: from Fourth Street. <laughs> allegedly. allegedly, allegedly from Martinez Town. <laughs> no, okay. So I was raised with two parts: my culture and with Christianity in the household. Two, two separate things. So, culture-wise, it's more, um, how would you say? I don't know. It, it's just an old culture of any Are native. the
1: spirits good or bad in your culture?
2: It depends. You can do, so, there's a baseline that you can either, um, I guess, do good, but bad as well. <clears throat> and... You could use the good for the bad. But in one line straight, it's coming from good. But there's ways to manipulate that. Manipulate it, definitely. It's energy. The way they see it is energy. If you break it all down from...
1: And the, these spirits, who are they? Are they like your ancestors? Or are they like just random spirits that are lingering around? No, so, so
2: so we don't roll off of just like random spirits. It's more of like God and the devil. You know? Good and bad. Good and good and, yeah, it's just good and bad. But it's an energy. Mm-hmm. So whatever you put out with the energy, you get it back. So people practice bad the they karmic usually, effect. Definitely, it comes back. It's it's and we have know.
1: that too. Like anything that we do, if we do something like bad towards somebody else, it comes back to us threefold.
2: Yep, exactly. And I think that's just a universal rule. But yeah, I mean there's people that do good and people that wanna see you succeed and help you with whatever physical pain you're going through, and they want to use good energy and, you know, prayers to the higher power. Um, In a sense, that's just what it all is, is there's a higher power. There's one
1: straight line. Now, one big question that's been coming through uh, Mm -hmm. over and over again on on our platform here is, are skinwalkers good or bad? They're bad. Tell us about skinwalkers.
2: Okay, allegedly.
1: Allegedly, Yeah, we don't
2: know if it's true, but we'll what have you
1: heard from these uh, stories?
2: Okay, so... I'll probably get shit from this from everybody, because...
1: We don't have I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a big Specifically,
2: wife. this is coming from the Diné culture, correct? Yeah, okay, so the understanding is that... So, to become, quote-unquote, a skinwalker, you have to kill somebody you love just so, to obtain that higher power just to it's the way I it, the
1: way i see is it, just all energy mm-hmm. you're going to use energy but you have to like do something so bad bad like you have to it makes such a big sacrifice in other words pretty much like if you're going to gain that power you're going to lose something and you get to choose what is it that's so big to you that you're going to lose
2: yeah okay so and you know it it's not for from what i understand it's not for money it's just uh, for greed, but in a way for, like, it's not financially. It's more of a spiritual thing.
1: What is the Skinwalker? Is it like something like a shapeshifter?
0: Just to continue, I gotta add in this. What I find interesting is the parallel I see between the obtaining of that power um, in sacrifice form compared wow. to the Yorubian Juru- religion, aka voodoo. How when you guys want something so bad, the spirits choose your sacrifice. You don't get to choose, but the Skinwalkers get to choose, and that's what that
2: is. It's it's not really that we get to choose. Or, well, it's kind of like they choose. No, it, I'm not, not gonna you say we because you're people, not a Skinwalker. Well, you're not a scatterer. But you guys <laughs> choose whoever they have wants to kill to, whoever someone. wants to
0: become a Skinwalker has to fulfill that. Whereas in the Voodoo culture right like we have like you.
1: good and bad magic so like there's some like mediums like spiritual mediums but it's just uh, the
0: deeper it is healers, the bigger right. sacrifice that they take work from with good like it's like hell.
1: with the elements and you're just doing good it's like um the questions that you go to a person that's doing good is like uh, the type of questions that ask um <clears throat> what can i do um to make my life better for instance to be more abundant, to have things. Now, those that dabble in black magic are the ones where people go with questions of like, how can I hurt somebody else? Like, this person hurt me so bad because they stole my husband or because, you know, they did something to me that's horrible. How do I attain revenge against this person? And when you're doing black magic, the spirits will take something from you. Mm -hmm. You have to be so sure that... You're willing to risk anything of value to you to hurt somebody else. In, in other words, hate has to be more powerful than love in that in that circumstance, and it's a very dangerous game. Uh, people that dabble in black magic often also get karmic effects towards them because they're facilitating that process. Oh, definitely.
2: Would you put a portal open from yourself with bad energy and exactly. bad? You know, th- it only shows on you.
1: So it's always good. Like the way that I learned is that. When you try to attract good things, how can my life be better? How can I rise above this? One thing
0: I find interesting with that is uh, I don't know if I would call it a universal hack in the spirit, (laughs) but essentially, I read this in a book of Santeria, and it was talking about um, the practitioners how a lot of them escape that karmic effect in their mind. They convince themselves that they're doing good, they're doing a due justice. What they're doing is something that's owed to them that they believe they're serving justice. They don't see it as a bad thing. So I wonder at that point, if your mindset just overall overpowers the universal law and yeah. instead goes with it and letting you bypass that karmic effect, such as if you kill somebody, it's like, oh, he's stepping in my shoes. He had it coming. And you believe it so hard that it's like, all right, you're right. He had it coming. I guess you
2: can justify anything if you just put it in your mind. But I, like, I don't I mean, want is, it. Is this play with that yeah but is it really a bypass or is it just flowing with emotion until it does come back to you because you you would know like
1: you you would know like you know what you've done and you can lie to yourself for a long time but the conscience has a way of coming back to you and at some point you're gonna whether it's your own internal torture where you come back and you're like you know i actually fucked this person over
0: not if it's so twisted that you believe it every step of the way
1: well, you know, if you want to play with that, you can do it. I, I'm not willing to risk anything. I'm just saying I find it
0: interesting. It doesn't <laughs> mean it has to turn on to me. It's just but, something I read and I'm sharing with you guys. Yeah, no, definitely. But uh, need to get personal.
1: back to the
2: skinwalker part.
1: Oh, yeah. So, so what is a skinwalker? Tell us more about that. It's just somebody
2: that practices, same thing, that practices black magic that is uh, just evil.
1: But what does it make it a skinwalker? Like, do they... Because I've heard stories, and I've, I've never seen a skinwalker, so I cannot confirm that this is true, but I also haven't been, like, very entrenched in the Native American cultures here, yeah. and so my question is, like, what makes you a skinwalker? Are you, like, shifting into another being, another animal? Are you... So the understanding is that
2: they use, like, <clears throat> um, I'm not sure what kind of skin, but they use an animal skin, and... pelts, Yeah. They and from there, you know, shift into what animal, what animal they want to be, and you know the hard the, the thing that in with myself is I find it hard to believe, but yet I accept it because I've seen a lot of weird shit. I guess and you cannot explain yeah, no otherwise. Exactly. And that that's why in my life, you know, people ask, "Are you religious?" I'll say no. But I believe that there's God, there's a higher power, and I don't believe it is in Christianity. I don't believe it is in a religion um, sort. I, I believe that uh, that there's one one power, and you can manipulate it, and it depends on what um, what you want to reap from it. Mm-hmm. If you're you know selfish, greedy, there's ways to get it like that. But it takes a toll on your life. You know, it's just, I feel like it's a universal rule that whatever you put out will come back in every way, you know, in your appearance, your physical, your life, your finances. It financials. changes the
1: person from the inside out. Definitely. Because once they I, engage in that
2: transition. You know, I think that, uh, you know, if you believe hard
1: enough in something, it'll happen. There is a guy. Um, He's dead now, but um, an artist named Rick Barteau, mm-hmm. Native American, and he lived up in Oregon. Um, and so, he some of his pieces are at a gallery um, on Canyon Road in Santa Fe, yeah. and they're just amazing because he did this whole series on uh, skinwalkers. And so, what he did was like he saw every relationship as a kind of shapeshifter, as a yeah. as a skinwalker, because you're walking in the skin, but As you're moving throughout the day, you're also transitioning in the person you're becoming in the future. Relationships transition, whether you start out as friends and then you become romantic partners or you're romantic partners and at some point that relationship changes or you're friends with somebody and then that relationship sours for some reason and that changes. And so he thought of we're always in transition. And so the way that he depicted that was, like, showing these, like, skinwalkers mid-shift. So a lot of them look like part human, part animal, kind of in action. And it's like, if we saw it in that way, we're all shifters. We're always transitioning into something I else. I could
2: see what he was pointing at with that. But do you think that these people have found the glitch in the Matrix that you could find a way to... Sh-
1: to see that to that see that transition that, right there. not even
2: just see it but be it to your mm-hmm. physical being that you are on this planet do you think they found a way and maybe it is through evil and maybe evil is not evil maybe good it's not good i think they they found that that way you
0: know i they, mean there's a lot of things we can't explain such as for instance like far east asia the further you get into the mountains like i remember I seen this video on youtube it was in a uh And of course I was taken. we're watching this for whatever reason, but this guy, he was a healer yeah and he was using more so a lot of kinetic energy to, if somebody had a disease, they'll be laying on his table and you would heat up their their insides. And so much to the point, like it showed him on video, he spoke not a word of English, just all Chinese, and he was lighting coals on fire just with his hands. So, I mean, I think there is a way to really tap in this energy, but due to our daily lives and what it's accelerating into in modern age a lot of us are li- losing touch with that
1: we're losing touch with our like you know innate powers like uh, at some point obviously if we're we haven't destroyed Earth um, long enough into the future we're gonna start maybe um, um, transforming transforming into something else we're gonna be uh, evolving so some of the um, uses that we have right now for You know the our even our fingers or feet they're it's going to be changing because our lifestyle is changing so much. Like I can see maybe like we're going to evolve to have like our eyes to be bigger. You know because now we're like watching computers all the time. So like our brain may become even larger with more information. Maybe our fingers are going to be like a little different. Like you know our thumbs bigger for like texting and stuff. You know.
2: You know what's crazy is. I think last week we we're watching the show <clears throat> and then i started doing like my own research after mm-hmm. is that a lot of um native people have bad eyesight and the reason supposedly is because a lot of i guess from like the tribes spent time in the water so your eyes are better underwater, and your eyes were made for the water mm-hmm. but when you come out it's a little bit harsh and you know if you spend your time underwater and whatever it probably has a different effect when you come out, and so just like got trans, like placed in our DNA for it to just be forever long. Right. That our eyesights are bad, and so yeah, I could see. So you can saying.
1: see a lot of things, but I wanted to go back to you in the spirit the the topic of spirits. so you growing up um, in a Chicano culture you know Dia de los Muertos all that other stuff like a, a lot of like you know culture surrounding spirits but then you also grew up as a Christian in a you know non-denominational Christian churches um, several and I say churches because you went to different you know several different ones including one that you have described as possibly being a cult or affiliated with a cult um, How do you now make sense of your spiritual learnings versus your background?
0: Well, to touch on that, Annie, I wasn't really raised in the traditional Mexican culture, the de los muertos and shit like that. I'm a second-generation American, and upon growing up, my parents knew Spanish and all that stuff. They grew up with that culture, but they didn't really introduce us to it, such as the point is almost having a quinceanera for my sister, but not fully so. And spiritually- well,
1: she, did, she declined, is my understanding. <laughs> yeah. They're like, do you want a quinceanera? And she's like, no way. Yeah, but my mom wanted she, to she had get a
2: it. choice. I <laughs> had my, a quinceanera. My dad, my dad didn't want to do that. <laughs>
1: did you? Yeah, of course. How was that? Oh my God, it was awesome. Um, tell us, I'm going to find a picture. you got to see a picture of my quinceanera.
0: And so spiritually, Chris- Christianity was also very loosely based in my life. It wasn't like we grew up with a... Um, practical denomination like this is god this is it whatever i was first introduced to christianity the earliest memory that i have is probably um it's probably my uncle out in california i was out there one summer and he was um they were pretty heavily influenced in christianity and the church and i remember already prayed with me and was saying stuff like like you good me home like you die tomorrow you went straight to heaven <laughs> you just cleared all your sins and you <laughs> got two witnesses my two cousins witnesses and I was like, "Damn, that's deep." I like, I yeah. die. I'm good.
2: Oh yeah, I remember that. We're looking at a picture of my quinceañera. Her quinceañera. She's wearing pink dress.
1: It was peach. Rose, peach,
2: rose colored. dress. Check out the
1: couches. Right. Screams 1980s. A
2: scream Scarface.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah.
2: So anyway,
0: just from that, like, we'd go to loose. I guess, I don't know why I'm saying loosely based, but just Christian churches local. Uh, One of them being, uh, I think, Legacy. That was one of the earlier ones. What do you think of the church? (laughs) Uh, It depends what church. I mean, I've. No, Legacy, about Legacy specifically. Specifically, I I personally just don't like it. Everything there, at least at first, they had me convinced that there is a heaven and hell. Like I'm gonna burn in hell. The more I felt I fuck remember seeing life.
2: you in the front, standing with your hands up, praying, trying and shit. to like uh, I was make trying, it up. Yeah, yeah no, that's,
1: right?
0: that's peer pressure. Like everybody's around you, you just look like a dumbass not doing it. I mean, so I, I was I, trying to. I feel remember,
2: I like Rocky's really up there in this were shit. Were you
1: in that church too?
2: I would go, but I was yeah. like, but it's because at the time my pops like we like we're tr- transitioning over from a different lifestyle to a new one. So I mean. You're like,
1: one day you guys woke up and then your dad is like, no, no, no. we're church people right now. No, so, the bus.
2: so what happened was, you know, my dad was an alcoholic from from as far as I can remember. And, um, you know, he, he wanted to change his ways. He wanted to be a better man. He kind of got pushed into that corner, but thankfully he did. So he wanted to start doing better. And next thing you know, we're sitting in a church. And, <laughs> you know, we're such a supportive family for everybody that... We sat there with him, even though I was like, man, what the fuck is this dude talking about? And then
1: Rocky was there from (laughs) there (laughs) with (laughs) his
2: (laughs) head (laughs) to I was like, come on, any minute minute now, I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) fall.
0: But around that time, also, one thing that kind of tripped me out was um, being about 13, 14 years old, around that age range. A lot, of, a lot of people that I went to school with at that time were also inviting me to church not for the main service but for the teenage service which a lot of guys would go just to try to hook up with girls <laughs> yeah. and it seemed like that was, the, it. that
1: was the old Tinder for you guys?
0: yeah pretty much let's go to church let's go get some shoties. <laughs> and then aside from that when it transitioned from that they started getting a bunch of video game systems and whatnot and serving pizza oh, yeah. and then it became like a little social club but they didn't give a shit like what what was going on You know what I mean? like I remember um being at one of the sermons and one of my friends who's who pulled out a fucking fat sack of some dick and like, yeah, she was like, yeah, we're
2: going to
1: get a
0: tonight. I just met my connect. You know what I mean? So it was like make sure you Bring connection. your Bible. Yeah. <laughs> so your, they were really pulling all the stuff.
1: They're like, you guys can't do anything but they wanted the teenagers to be hooked into it. I'm sure they probably noticed a lot of the stuff that was happening yeah. with you guys. Cause
0: I mean, it didn't seem outright that they
2: were doing what they were doing to bring those people in but it seemed like they didn't care about but what was you going know on. what's even funny too at the end of the service they'd be like if you have any offerings yeah always like as, yeah, as, as offerings and they would be adamant about those offerings what
1: yep. is an offering like money your ties uh, money tithes. they're
0: Maybe like money.
2: this is how when you go into a bigger church when you transition you'll be you know doing but it, 10% that, that's like bullshit. really
1: smart because it's like if mm-hmm. you like hook up with somebody in church like now, you have a connection. There's two people now pressuring each other to like go because this is a good place. Look at like money, yeah, money.
2: It's been like 10. It's a business. It's, <laughs> it's also a
0: business. I mean, look at what they're doing now during the pandemic. They're saying they're a necessity. They're they a business. Whereas other smaller churches, they're more adamant to the fact of like everybody keep away from each other. We're trying to help stop this spread of this disease, but they're losing their money over there at that big church. So like everybody needs to come on down.
1: We don't and care if you die. It. We're
0: uh, we're right. protesting peacefully.
1: Yeah. Peaceful protesting. No mask required. Just come on down. So don't I think they realize that a lot of the people that give them money are going to die and then nobody's going to give them money? They're going to lose so. long yeah. longer term than they would gain shorter term. For so,
2: them, it's not, the, it's not the end. It's the journey. Yeah. <laughs> and so just for me, it felt...
0: That's
1: what God wanted for them? That's what God wanted.
0: <laughs> and so for me, it just felt... It always felt just really inauthentic. And more, um, more convinced of the fact that you had to believe that story. It was one of those cases where man got a hold of the story and told it, and you believed it.
1: How does your point. direct connection to the spirits now uh, feel to you?
2: <clears throat> it feels a lot more genuine. It feels better because you're doing it yourself. You're, you're 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 finding it within yourself, and not someone telling you what you have to do to find it. Exactly. And. That was about... As soon as I started going to church with my past man, I was like, oh, this is bullshit. No offense or, like, anything to people that go to church. Do your thing. Like, a lot, church has has saved a lot of people. You hear all the stories. There's no no one ever like, I was a millionaire, then I came here, and then I gave my life to God. So I was well, like, I was a drug addict. There's always people that are people. doing bad.
1: Some people say that God is in, in, in jail, in prison, because... Everybody that goes to prison somehow, if they turn around, they found God somewhere in there. What's
0: what's interesting is um, I I just heard this the other day. I was hearing a story, and uh, in California, how the politics play out, like at least amongst Chicanos. They go in there. You're under a, a different code and a different set of ethics. Once you enter prison, you have to click up, usually with the other Chicanos, yep. known as uh, the Mexican Mafia. All the way all the way from away. jail. But what's interesting about it is whoever, they don't mess with Jesus. Anybody who's into their Bible, they don't mess with them. And so that's their, also their escape from all the politics and the big yep. things going on. So I wonder if that's also another factor, not just these people like, oh, my, God, my life. They get religious. You mm-hmm. Know what I mean?
2: who you with homie yeah there's
1: a lot of reasons why people find that but um within the the um, shaman way you can commute with the spirit of god you can commute with different spirits with your power animal there's a lot of like you know uh, things that we do with the elements just um gardening power from you know from the um, fire and okay. air and, you know, water and earth. You're yeah, with
2: Mother Nature. Exactly, with, just sure. being
1: with Mother, mother really, Nature.
0: Really, like, humbling yourself and becoming harmonious with all around you. Understanding like that
1: asking, like, a the spirit of the river, what can you teach me? What do you have to teach me today? What is it that I need to learn? What lesson from and, you? You know
2: it's you know crazy? Because in Native American culture, it's almost the same baseline with, uh, you know, the, the river gives us, you know, it quenches our thirst. Mm-hmm. The animals bring food, and so when a lot of people see the dances and stuff like that, um, I don't know if this is true, but I'm pretty sure it is. From what I heard is that we're not just praying when they dance; they're massaging Mother Nature, Mother Earth, and that's what brings water in for the crops and right. shit like that. And like I said, you know, it's it has to be from the inside out for you to be spiritual with anything.
1: And I what I love is like that it gives a way of like tying everything together. Like it's not like he had to go from being a Christian to now not believing in Christianity at all. Not at all. Instead, they're just marrying each other. Like now he has not only the beliefs and support of Christianity and that base, but he also can see how it works with uh, you know, shamanic rituals. But same it didn't. For me. It
0: didn't happen overnight. It was more a uh, gradual prog- progression from that. Mostly where I came from, <clears throat> a lot of those beliefs having to be instilled. Also from me being naive of what else is out there. Everybody mm-hmm. else. When knows. you're young,
2: man, it's it's, it's it's you're so impressionable.
0: It's what it, no, it, it's, it's, it's the same a, thing. Also the reason why you see those eighteen year old Mormons that don't know shit about life anything and else. You but know they're what they're it so, is too.
1: Oh, passionate about this. right like, like they know this is the the only way i mean like for me even when i'm doing shamanic rituals i call upon um you know um african powers like el Egoa, like i mentioned before um not in here but like before, when we were messing around at the beginning um Eligua is the opener of all doors so like of course you call upon Eligua first for me for my religion so even if i'm going to do journeying with yeah. my power animal and my teacher i want to call upon um spirits that i know um i believe in and are part of my life um at any time if i'm by the river i'm calling Gemada, which is you know um kind of the the not the queen but uh, the deity of the oceans and the waters and yeah. so you're always like pulling together from what you know and what you have you're not giving yourself away to something else it's just expanding it's like giving you more and so
0: like I was saying it was a gradual progression from just me being naive to what else was out there <clears throat> and one thing that really made me question everything um of course perceiving this fact alone that I was so insistent on it that I was following this to the death and I was thinking in my mind, like, fuck, I can barely even live life. I can barely do shit. And I was like, I don't mind sitting for a bit. Like, I got, it seems <laughs> like I could I just come back next week, and pray and, and say be sorry. Yeah, yeah, say sorry. Like you but,
1: found a loophole. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so along the way, I found at some point, this is probably when I was about twenty years old. I was just perusing online, finding different shit, and um, just touching on different keys that uh, some teachers of mine in school would say how we're just spiritual beings and such, such and such. But one of the first things I found was an ancient African belief called, um, it was an Egyptian belief. It was, I think it was called Kemet Nu. And what it translates to directly is know thyself. But in one of their myth- mythologicals, one of their mythologies of the story of Thoth and so on surrounding, it pretty much paralleled the whole beginnings of Christianity. But just in an earlier time, and when I started learning more about it and looking into it, it was just like, oh my God, this shit's so parallel. This guy came once before. You know what I mean? It, yeah. That's something that really makes you question your beliefs. And so at that point, I kind of had like a spiritual breakdown, and just started questioning everything in my life, even so much to the point of like questioning who my real friends were and stuff. Such as, around that time, it was a real dark period in my life. You know, like. Like I pretty much cut off a lot of my friends at that point and just went into direct isolation. It also didn't help that I lost two relatives at the time as well. And so around that time, I just did a lot of solitude and it made me worse, spiraling into a depression and so on so forth. But upon coming out of it, I just started really studying other religions and just really seeing the parallels. And once I started seeing that, then it kind of became clear to me that it was all taught around. And... Almost like one of those things like how um like how Einstein says the sign the best sign of intelligence is being able to uh, connect the dots yeah and so in doing so I felt like it was able to further elaborate this belief and journey that I'm on today within shamanism because it feels like it's really touching on to those key
2: principles that are taught universally you know what uh, separated me from understanding what Christianity was What's is saying? when they would have their whole <laughs> People say their testimonials. Oh man! Literally, everyone was either a <laughs> prostitute, an addict, or something. I was like, I don't belong here. I'm neither of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do they all got in common? They they have no baseline. Is what it starts off with is you know when you're that far gone into life that you're depending on something to get you through the day. You're you're gonna you're, you're gonna fall into anything. You have no baseline with your life. You're, you're depending you're on something. You're very
1: vulnerable. Like anything yeah. that comes along that makes sense or like says. Gives you a little hope. I'm going to help you. Definitely. You're going to get out. It I'm missing was, your all, same it situation. Also, it
0: also didn't help growing up that the only time we were really consistent in going to church in the spurts that we Easter. did was when something was going on with yeah. my parents. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My dad was going through something. We need to go to church. We need to find God. And He's going to help. Like,
1: same thing, like you, you were talking about transitions in your life, like those yeah. pivotal points where um, you are seeking something else. Like, how do I get guidance to move? in a different direction. But I don't you know, think... That's when you may fall prey to something like that.
2: No, definitely. It is. And, you know, like I said, for from my from, from my family, I'm glad that it came into my dad's life. It changed him completely. I'm so thankful for the man. You know what I mean? Like, But it completely changed his whole outlook. And it's, it's not but, a bad thing. But No, it's, it's not a bad thing. But what most people don't understand that if they see what they're hearing... From them, spoken out instead of on the out in, mm-hmm. you can change your life tremendously. Mm-hmm. You don't need somebody to tell you what your sins are. So you have a moral baseline in life the way mm-hmm. I see it. I tell everybody all the time I have morals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if once you understand where your life is going, where you want it to go, what you want out of your own life, the more you look at it, you can change your life just as a religion would, as Christianity would. You stand for something and fall for anything. Definitely. Well, I
1: have a question for both of you, since you both have a Christian background. But I don't know what your answer is going to be, obviously. but e equals MC squared. Where do you believe we come from? America. How did we start? <laughs> America?
0: What do, you, what do you mean by we?
1: By human? Humanity? the human race? That's an interesting By question. By the, the beings, whatever, are alive here on Earth. How did we arrive at this?
0: You know what? I'm still trying to figure it out. I still have my... I don't think s- anybody has that answer. I still have my skip my skeptical thoughts on evolution. Uh-huh. But I'm not sure if I'm fully convinced we derive of a fish or a monkey. You know what I mean? Lately, I've been feeling that uh, eight the stone ape theory is pretty yep, convincing. Put you on, I'm, man. At, I'm actually liking that, but I'm, I'm sure that I'll find something else later on. I'm just at this point, I'm still trying to figure it out, so I don't have a definitive answer for you for that one. Me neither. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, don't, I could not see. What I do you I, guys I can, think don't don't aliens? To, but one thing that is interesting to me, though, that I like looking into is just creation theory within, um, within the book of Genesis, how the Christian mm-hmm. Bible teaches. One thing that I find interesting, a lot of people tend to take it Word for word, what it is, but we also can't even take it like that because it's been um, it's been translated so many times. It's like playing the game of telephone. You get you get ten people in a room. You say something to the the second person. By the time it gets back to you, it's by the third person, it's completely. Tell us about a
1: little bit about the theories you're talking about, just for those that haven't heard about them.
0: So creation theory in Christianity, the Book of Genesis, it talks about how. Man made earth first, then he made...
1: Man water. or God? No,
0: nope. my bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so where God, did man come God, from? How
0: <laughs> did God, he make earth? <laughs> in, let me see. In the book, I believe it's... Uh,
1: Genesis.
0: In the book of Genesis, but the new... New translated... I knew that. I don't no, know the no, no. Bible, but it's, I knew it's that. It's real specific. The new, the new translated version, or the new King James version, either of those. It talks specifically... <laughs> how My God created thing. God created the planets and the universe then God created earth in seven days he rested on the seventh day then he began to create man out of dust from man he created woman he took of man's rib then from that point he made a little plot of land and he and that's when a they sinned and
1: like ate the apple yeah. and then he
0: told them don't go to the street don't eat this apple this is the, the knowledge of apple then uh, Satan the snake came and convinced uh, Eve to eat the apple. The female, then, yeah. Then, no thanks. Then it began. All the sin entered the world, and then it goes on to explain <sighs> they had X amount of kids, so on and so forth. But what I find interesting reading throughout the book is how how it touches on to specific specificities onto real specific things like this guy had five kids. Name this, that, 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 that. This guy had this, Who do they have kids with? With each other. They had like...
1: um, So there was incest. They had
0: Cain Cain and Abel. Then after Cain killed Abel, they had a third child. That third child, it doesn't even say where where Abel went or Cain. Apparently he went off into the land. It doesn't ever say how he met these other people, or where these other people came from. But his third kid, I think... um, I forget who it says he meets up with. I don't think it's his sister. Unless maybe it is, maybe with the sister, and they have X amount of kids. And those kids branched off to this generation, they had X amount of kids. Well this guy has this kid, this kid, this kid, this kid, that kid. Like seven kids, and they name them all individually. But I'm just wondering, because at, at some point, just to touch on a side note, I'd heard, um, I'd heard that it was scholars that wrote the Bible, and they, they <coughs> wrote it in such a way to communicate with other scholars throughout the world. And so at that point, from that point when I heard that I got I started getting into numerology I oh, yeah. started studying like what this means what's that means because yeah. at that point it only made sense that there was a deeper meaning if it's been translated so many times and they were able to look ahead because they were scholars they knew that it wouldn't come back the same as they had initially said it so they wrote in such a certain way that it couldn't be lost in translation so there were code talkers yeah so what about the
1: other theories that you were referencing
0: stone ape theory the stone ape theory yeah so that one, from my understanding, it's um apes in a certain part of the Congo, I think it was. In Africa. In Africa. There was a lot of, there was like a, a mushroom garden around there. And apparently the apes had got into it, certain apes. And they ate the mushrooms. And they started experiencing a
2: revelation unlike any other. I think it was... the Psychedelic first, mushrooms is what they psychedelic indulged mushrooms. in? Yep. And I guess like the understanding is that the first human remains was found where this, like shroom garden was completely um like what taking over the land but what about you Annie?
0: what are some of your beliefs of not just evolution but uh how you were raised up in your ruby and culture
1: well that one is very interesting um as it's kind of all over the place um so i've had delved into different religions so first of all from your
0: kid your first inception of god
1: okay my my religion well the first inception of god um was kind of it's in school is where i heard most of it but before i get there i was baptized in the catholic catholic religion so my family had a habit um i don't know that that the newer generations are doing it much anymore or like putting much to stock into that but the, the formal way of introducing us to the community and be part of the community in the Dominican Republic was to get us baptized in the Catholic religion. It was mostly just for show, for like passing as a Christian of some sort. Um, we never went to church. We only went to church for baptisms or for um, funerals other than that we never went to church we never learned anything about the catholic religion in fact i did my first communion when i was about 12 years old i went to the dominican republic for the summer and my cousins had been uh, had done their first communion and they were part of some church because some of them went to a catholic um, school Mm -hmm. and so because of that they were able to participate in a, a field trip that they were having to the beach But i couldn't go because i was not part of the church so we swindled the church (laughs) Um, we went and purchased a catechism this little booklet and i i learned it and then we went to the priest and lied to the priest (laughs) telling the priest that i was ready and i wanted to do my first communion and so he asked me a few questions from the catechism and then he sent me to confession And I lied during confession, like I just came up with like stuff that I did that was wrong. And then he gave me some punishment, which was consisted of a whole bunch of like Hail Marys and other stuff. And I just sat there thinking, how long is long enough for him to think that I did them? (laughs) That's how I went to the beach that summer. But anyway, nothing to do with how we like practice in reality. Aside from that, we went to a... um, an evangelical school, which is some kind of Christian school by some um, people who came from Canada and they created that school as missionaries in the Dominican Republic. And so anyway, we went to that school and once a week they had Christian service that we had to go to. And so we would go, but we were also told in our family, oh, no, that those are Christian people. You, that's not what we are. And so we were not to, like, really take it to heart or pay attention or to, like, give our souls to anything that they said. Um, but having said that, the way that we practiced was in somebody's backyard during feast day, we would go visit this lady named what um, is, she what passed is away.
2: feast day? Feast,
1: feast day. day, so, for feast example... Hisela, um, who was my mom's friend in, from high school, mm-hmm. um, was called upon by the by the spirits, and so she became a spiritual medium, and which meant that she could actually have any of those seven African spirits go into her body, and she would, and they would speak through her. And so feast day was essentially the day that was celebrated for that saint that was in her body that she embodied and um, she would spend you know several days in this embodiment drinking alcohol seeing people like they would do consultations and you would go into this little room with her which was like really dark and you would ask questions and she would like give guidance medicine she was a medicine woman she was a healer she was an advisor spiritual advisor and so that's the connection we had that was our church that was our religion that's what we followed
0: and just the interesting thing, um, a lot of the times when these spirits were uh, were controlling their mediums, they would do things such as smoke enormous amounts of tobacco and or drink normal, normally beyond the alcoholic limits. And it exactly. would have no effects to the actual body. Right, like, like that's two or three days
1: later, she would like come out of it um, when the feast was done, and she would be completely... Um, Refreshed, as if she had just been napping all this time. Really, she wasn't drunk. She wasn't intoxicated. She wasn't tired, uh, because it was all the spirit. And so these are, you know, at the beginning of this, you talked about how you don't sometimes you're sex s- skeptical about some of the things in your religion, but then you also know that there's no other way to explain Seeing it. Is believing. I lived through that. I that's how I commuted with spirits. That has, that's how I, I received guidance. That's how we received healing in every single way spiritually physically um, we commuted with one person you know directly to the spirits through the intermediary of one person and um that's, that that's my reality that's what i believe in that's what i so when somebody says well can you, well that's not really true and there's no evidence well i cannot um you know deny what my senses have felt and seen and experienced this is my reality and so for me this is all very very real and so that's how I you know became but later on when we moved to New York it was more difficult to find those spiritual mediums in our community we knew who she was later on she moved to washington heights so we were able to see her the same person but it was very difficult so we were very disconnected for a while and so i remember like at one time my grandpa and my mom for some reason would like invite people into the house that were jehovah's witnesses (coughs) as a punishment So, like, they would come to the door and be like, would you like to hear the word of God? And my mom would be like, yes, I have two daughters here who have been fighting all week. They've been horrible. They need to learn about the word. And she would go to the room and leave us with this, like, pair of people that would come over. And my sister and I would be sitting there, like, listening to all kinds of stories from their perspective. So that was kind of an interesting time. Um, Another time, my Tiafina who was like living with us at the time in the early 80s in Brooklyn, started going to a Catholic church. And she had always been like more aligned with the Catholic church. Her daughters were the ones that went to the Catholic um, school in the Dominican Republic. But she started taking us. So we started going over there. And it was, you know, it was like crazy. It was like a beautiful church, but... It didn't feel real. It didn't. I didn't feel the connection to it. In fact, one of the funniest things that ever happened there when we were teenagers, um, her daughters, two of her daughters, because they have eight daughters, but two of them, the yeah. ones that the youngest ones, and us, uh, we went with the Afina to the mass because it was midnight mass. I think it was like during Passover or um, Easter. I think you guys call it. And so anyway. <laughs> We were at the church at midnight, and everybody got a candle, and we were, the way we were sitting, it was like my, my cousin and my aunt were sitting in the front, and then one of my cousins, my sister and I were in the back, like be- behind them, yeah. and we had the candles, and all of a sudden, somebody was like hitting my cousin <laughs> Uh My sister accidentally lit her hair on fire. <laughs> so we would just go to the church with my aunt to laugh, like everything was so funny um in church you can't imagine how like i just i cannot go to this day to a catholic church with my my sister because we just just look at each other (laughs) and we just start like laughing immediately everything is just so funny so anyway um that's a little bit about my religion and my beliefs and how they started and and uh how we practice which is mostly done in secrecy like you're not you know we don't go to a church or anything you usually go to somebody's house um a backyard um and you kind of like just protect it there's a lot of protection and i wonder if it comes from like the the times of slavery where people were not free to practice and in fact a lot of it had to be hidden behind like the catholic religion and and symbolisms from the catholic religion just to be able to pass as a christian so we're still getting baptized to pass as Christians. We're practicing in secrecy um, because I would imagine that, that back then it could have been a death sentence just to find you practicing voodoo. Definitely. Um, and so... Just
2: as they did with the native culture. Yeah. Which is a traditional. So you, like you said earlier, um, there's some things that you can't explain, but is explained through... I guess your religion or your culture. Mm-hmm. What are like some of the craziest things that you've seen that you can't explain, that just like, you you saw with your own eyes, you felt it, and there's no explanation that fits within the limits of our reality, of humans. Um, you have any crazy experiences or?
1: I do. Um, when that I, I was like
2: to share. The, yeah, that you could share. I'll share.
1: I'll share this one. So I was about five years old. And I was playing outside with uh, the neighbor from downstairs. It was in that house where we survived the, uh, the hurricane. Hmm. And so we were on the second floor and below us, there was a, a little girl that we were friends with. And For so, our
0: listeners who don't
1: know what you're talking about, what was this at? So this is <clears> in <throat> the Dominican Republic um, in Santiago, which is the second largest city. We're not the capital, but it's a very large city, very populated. And... Um, we, li- I, we lived in a little place called Ensanche Bolivar, which is like um, kind of, if you're Brazilian, a favela. Uh, it would be uh, the ghetto, the inner city. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: And so we lived, uh, um, and at that point, we were very lucky. We were actually renting a house, and that was cinder block, made out of cinder block, and the ceiling was made of cinder block. And that was pivotal, because that year, that was uh, 1979, there was a hurricane, named David, that destroyed the Caribbean, but specifically, more so the, the Dominican Republic than any other island, mm-hmm. and it was very slow moving. So I think that the official um, numbers that I've seen are about 2,500 people uh, died in that storm. But the unofficial numbers was a lot of people, especially at that time, uh, didn't have birth certificates or anything, oh, yeah. that they, they were born at home. Um, uh, anywhere between 10,000 and 30,000 people died. Wow. And we had a balcony in the front. And um, it was just horrible. We just heard this like huge, huge boom at some point And then silence. And then screams and cries. And so we went out to the balcony. And um, my mom at that time was giving birth to my little brother. So my mom and my dad were gone. And we were at home with my grandma, uh, my cousin who was a teenager. And then my sister and I. Completely in the middle of the night, no electricity, we just had these little candles and we just came out and there was like, the call Barrancones, which was like um, a little hill that was like on the side. And there was like just these little shacks that were like there, like pretty much in the mud. A lot of like housing where, you know, people live there. Yeah. All of that came down. And the horror of it, there was a lot of people missing and nobody could do anything. And so a lot of people that were injured that were able to like come out of that came over to our balcony and inside the house. And we had hundreds of people survive that night in our house. But thousands died right there, steps from where we lived. So like having that house, like living in that house saved our life that time. But anyway, that's what I was at. And so I was about five years old, which was about uh, the time when this happened. We were playing and it was nighttime already. It was kind of getting dark, but before we were called in for dinner and some girl came over running and she asked me, "Um, little girl, do you want a penny? And I just like looked at her and I said, "I, I, I didn't, I don't know that I said anything. And she grabbed my hand and I remember pulling it back from her, but she grabbed it and she put a penny in my hand and then disappeared, and I immediately started shaking, and I dropped it, and so after that, I just couldn't sleep for days, and so we went to Gisela, who is our, you know, uh, spiritual medium, and, um, she said that, um, there was, um, the spirit, that, like, somebody, like, did something like um some like voodoo. like some voodoo like but no, voodoo magic. can be okay, yeah. right black magic not because it can be good or bad Definitely. and that the only way for her to get rid of it was to give it to an innocent child um and oh, it was passed through yeah. that and so uh, she had to do a whole bunch of stuff that's the only thing that calmed me down was like the the um ointments and the drinks that she gave me and um since then i haven't picked up another um you know, uh, another penny anywhere. If I see a penny anywhere, like, it's like, you know, I don't touch it at all. But taking anything from anyone else um, and, you know, people can say that it was like maybe um, a coincidence, but I know I experienced it. I know what happened. I felt it. I, you know, I, I saw it with my own eyes. Have you had anything like that, Rock?
0: Nothing too in-depth like that. No. No.
1: I had another one. I was... Uh, I was... For this one, I it was... I was already a teenager and out um, in the Dominican Republic living my best life. Um, <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, my God. We would go there during the summer and my cousins and I would go dancing every single night and it was like the funnest time ever. And we... You know... But anyway, my cousin and I... At that time, I used to eat meat and I think that was like maybe the last year that I ate meat. But... We went um, to this like little, um, I would say food truck, but it wasn't a food truck. It was like a little structure like there on the side of the street that kind of looked like a food truck. And it was um, a hot dog place, like big hot dogs, like the the dog house kind of situation, you know, and they were delicious. And so we went and had two hot dogs and it was like in the middle of the night after we had come back from dancing and we were walking home and we were like maybe a block and and a half away from her house. And we saw three guys coming towards us across the street
2: Uh uh-huh
1: and when they passed a patch where it was dark when they emerged from the darkness there were three dogs not three guys anymore yeah so definitely and we have um we call them galipotes they're shape shifters over there Mm -hmm. and we held hands and started running like i just thought like my skin was crawling out of me and they started chasing us and we like got to the house and we got in behind the fence and closed it, got in the house and closed the door. And then we were looking through the window and those three dogs just circled there for hours. Really? We couldn't go to sleep. We were inside like praying. We had candles on everything. Um, and they were just circling outside until they finally disappeared. Crazy. So, yeah, you so know, a what? lot of stories.
2: Yeah, yeah. One, one time that, uh. I was probably from the age of 4 to like 6. I don't remember quite, but I I would uh I remember I would get a crazy fever and I would hallucinate like bad. Like <laughs> I, I, my attempt would like skyrocket and uh I would hallucinate in my grandma's room and I would see I would see people literally like that weren't there. So I would see like spirits and like Animals and just crazy shit like I was hallucinating, but my temperature was high and uh, I remember My grandma was telling me that um, That we had to go see a medicine man, too And so they do this thing where they cover you with cold is they, they seeing you prayers and takes this bad spirits away but I Remember from that point on to this point in my life. I've never ever ever gone through that again like, where I was hallucinating and I was freaking out. I was seeing just, like, crazy things. But I guess that's one of my experiences. It's pretty crazy. I've never
0: experienced anything like that, but I've always seen some random shit. Like, mostly just, like, UFOs. Uh, you like seen UFOs? Through the skies out here in Albuquerque or just New Mexico. Or even, I'd say probably the most interesting is probably... One night I was staying with some friends out, and um, what's it called? What was the name of the lake where they found all those dead bodies with the killer down south in southern New Mexico? Oh,
1: Elephant and Elephant Butte.
0: Elephant Butte. We well, they staying, never found I'm, the bodies. Anyways, that's what I was saying. I was staying. I was staying at Elephant Butte, and it was overnight. It was probably like four a.m. It was just really pitch black, dark, and uh, my buddy John and I were smoking a blunt. and just staring up at the sky as dark as it was after a while staring at the sky you could see how intricate the stars were and it almost looked like an intergalactic highway that you would see little stars moving at a consistent speed and just crisscrossing each other and even so to the point that at one at one point or another i seen one star floating towards the moon and it never came out from the other side and my friend and i started talking about the dark side of the moon and how there's, like, an alien base there and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure you guys heard about that. Oh, yeah. But anyway, let me let me touch on to a topic that I find pretty interesting. And I'm not sure if you guys have heard of it. But it's the seven corners of the Earth. Have either of you ever heard of that? Thing? No.
1: Why don't you tell us about it? The Earth
0: is flat. <laughs> My older brother used to tell me about it. That, I, that our uncle would tell them stories that they were actual vampires. And there was one at each corner of the earth and it was like kind of like a gateway to another portal really i've tried looking into it and asking others about it but nobody's ever really heard it since well
1: there's like um you know like a lot of alien technology that was found um with the nazis for instance and that's why they think that they were able to develop a lot of their uh, uh technology during that time so much faster than everybody else and so there is uh, said that there was a portal somewhere in Germany and that then it was moved somewhere in South America so that, you know, there's definitely some portals that have been found and there's, you know, kind of evidence about that. But that's a whole nother topic. Or Antarctica.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, just for the closing <laughs> of the night, yeah. that's our top. We're going to wrap it up. Topics of choice. We're going to wrap that up tonight. Tune in next week for some newer shit.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Annie from the studio. This
0: is Fox. And, and this, this is studio. Danny. Hey. hey. hey.